Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, hanging out with the good folks here at Homey. We're at a Homey home, 11457 Camden Road, right here in Draper. You can come on by and see us, grab some jazz gear. We have Star Wars tickets to give away. We have Stars, Salt Lake City Stars tickets to give away for you as well. And, of course, if uh, you're buying or selling a home, I'll tell you what, save yourself a ton of money. Check out uh, homey.com. Com. Here, here. Hey, Austin, you went to the uh, Star Wars wrap-up uh, movie. What did you think of it? Uh, I, you'll have to wait till the movie zone to get my reaction to that. I'm sorry. We can't even get just a little tease, a little hint. Uh, Adrian I'll, told I'll me last th- night they were kind of sworn to secrecy. We were. Oh. Uh, I'll say this, though. I've liked, I've liked all the Disney-owned uh, Star Wars so far. So uh, this one, uh, we'll see how it goes. I'll tell you Friday. All right, uh, listen in, Movie Zone with Austin and Adrian. Uh, let's talk a little BYU football. Let's get out of the Sprint special guest line, get a Samsung S10 for $0 when you activate a new line of service uh, with FlexLease now through December 26th. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Uh, joining us now, former BYU quarterback and uh, currently on the radio broadca- uh, broadcast alongside Greg Rubel. He is Riley Nelson with us on the big show. Hi, Riley. How are you? Doing well. Good to be with you guys this afternoon. Hey, thanks for jumping on with us. Uh, let's start off with kind of just sum up the year for us, uh, Riley, putting it in a, in a nice, tidy box. What are your thoughts on this year's BYU Cougars? Yeah, I think this 2019 team will be one that will be remembered for a couple of things. First and foremost, I think it will be the, the highs and lows or, or the under, unexpected nature of the doctor, you know, the, the Jekyll and Hyde nature of this team where – you pull off a win on the road against the Tennessee team that actually everyone thought was headed to the toilet, but turned their season around and made a bowl game. So you know, win on uh, a win on the road against an SEC bowl eligible opponent, a win against a good USC team. Um, you know, a, a five game winning streak throughout the middle of the season, but you kind of left you scratching your head with losses against Toledo, South Florida, and uh, and maybe the loss wasn't as surprising, but a three point performance in kind of the finale, I think that's what it's going to be most remembered for. The next storyline that it must be remembered is just the injuries that they went through. Losing Tyson Williams, their most productive player. The first half of the season, there was a lot of injuries going on on that defense. It was hard keeping that linebacking core healthy. They got healthier as the season went on, but you lose a guy like Zane Anderson for the season. And, and, uh, and then, of course, you go through, you have three different starting quarterbacks, each one due to, uh, injuries, right? So going on the line and testing your depth there. So injuries will be the next storyline. And I think the third storyline and perhaps the most optimistic and the one that if I were you know, lead, leading the program, the one that I would focus on is uh, that this was a, a learning year. That the, the core of this team from the offensive and defensive lines to your quarterback to your emerging playmakers, granted you have bona fides like Diane Gumwalaku and Talon Shumway and Micah Simon who were who are seniors, but it, it doesn't go much, and, and Austin Lee, but it doesn't go much deeper um, than, than those four guys as far as contributions from senior. Every other contribution came from an underclassman, 
Um, and a lot of those underclassmen were freshmen and sophomores. You think about the emergence of Sionaki now, obviously dealing with a tough injury, but, you know, each of your quarterbacks are either sophomore, freshman, or freshman. They, you know, you had all those young guys come in and win games. Uh, a lot of the receiving core are sophomores or younger. A lot of those linebackers are sophomores or younger. So that, that kind of third and final storyline is that they were able to exceed expectation, however slightly. I think most people's expectations for them were 6-6 six and six or 5-7, and seven, so they exceeded them just slightly, getting to 7-5 in the regular season with a bowl win, can get to eight wins. But a, a young team that's continuing, or at least that you hope will continue to get better, was able to succeed expectations against a difficult schedule. So aside from those younger players uh, maturing and getting better and uh, finding a certain comfort level at that level of football that BYU wants to play, what do you think the Cougars are in need of moving forward uh, that needs to be added to the formula? They need to provide, no matter who the quarterback is, they need to get some uh, a different type of weapon on, on the outside. I think uh, Aleva Hifo, I failed to mention him as a senior, he, his they need to find a, a quick slot guy who, who's a weapon there. And 11 has been good. 11 has been solid. He, he's a good catcher of the football. He's been pretty good uh, on, uh, you know, a bubble routes and catching screens and doing things from there. But if they can, if they can find a, a guy who's a quick threat over the middle of the field, in addition to, uh, you know, if Matt, it's up in the air whether or not Matt Bushman will stay, but in, in addition to finding a tight end, having those compliments. And then what they've really lacked on the outside the last couple of years is that anybody that can win consistently on any kind of a post or a post corner or a down the field route, the guys they currently have are good possession guys. They're short, they run good routes, they block well, you know, and they can, and they come up with uh, big catches on third and intermediate, but they are not scaring any defenses down the field, which makes it makes life tough on you trying to establish a run game and other things when everybody can uh, invert a safety down the box. So offensively, I think that's the, the first thing that they need. And then defensively, I think the personnel is there. I just think they need to continue to evaluate the scheme. And they've tried to kind of sit back and play bend, don't break. And it worked at times. It definitely dropped an eight against USC. Definitely worked producing, you know, three three interceptions and four turnovers. But I think on the whole, uh, BYU, if they were to look back and self-evaluate, probably needed to be a little bit more aggressive on the defensive side. They did a good job turning the ball over, but didn't play. They didn't get a lot of penetration or, or a lot of pressure on the QB or a lot of tackles for loss. So while they were able to, you know, come up with some interceptions and be in the top, in the tops of the country as far as those numbers go, they were in the bottom of the country as far as tackles for loss, sacks, and hurries. So on the offense, I think that that's where personnel upgrading to go as well as getting some guys back healthy, make sure Sione Pinal comes back healthy, and, and some of these other guys and on the defense, it's probably more of a schematic change that needs to happen. So a Nelson family Christmas in Hawaii doesn't sound terrible. No, really looking forward to it. And uh, I, I really am encouraged by the uh, attitude and comments really coming out from uh, Hawaii and, and their camp in that, of course, they're excited to have a bowl game that's a home, that's a home game, but they're excited to have BYU as an opponent I think it means a lot to those fans and players. I, booking the travel, you know, obviously, you know, BYU as, as a member of the media team, I'm comp there, but I had to book the travel for all of my family. So I know it's not cheap getting your family over to Hawaii for Christmas. So I don't know how many at least mainland Cougars will make the venture out there. Hopefully they can get a good showing of the Cougars that live out in the islands or on Oahu. So I don't know how full the stands will be, 
But uh, I think Hawaii is prepping and, and is really excited for BYU's opponent. And I think BYU should be excited to have Hawaii as an opponent. So as much as it'll be nice to be in the islands in 80 degrees and sunny on Christmas, what I'm really looking forward to is what I think will be an extremely competitive matchup and a good football game. Let me circle back about Kalani Sataki and the job he's done overall and the effect that on the program of his extension. Do you think this is helping recruiting? Do you think it is helping the spirits of the program as a whole? What's the effect? Yeah, great question. I don't know that I ever knew um, the coaches that I met with or recruited by that I ever knew what their contract status was. So now that, that things have changed, you know, there's uh, the media attention has been heightened, and obviously with social media, everybody's in everyone else's business. So it's pro- recruits nowadays probably know things or are aware of things like that. I personally ne- never was, but it, yeah, I mean, stability when you're recruiting players, it's nice to be in there and confidently say that I, I, I will be. If your coach comes, I will coach him and see him through his career and make sure that he has a successful career versus a coach that whose future is undetermined that you're like, well, if you go, then what happens? Uncertainty is, is hard to recruit against. So um, I, I, it has helped. I think it's helped with the current players in the program. You saw, you know, whether it was T-shirts or in press uh, availability or press conferences, you had resounding support from the players and the leaders on the team. So I think that helps kind of keep the locker room or some continuity in, in the locker room there with, with his extension. And just going back to overall the job he's done, I think I think he's done a good job. I, the, the independence has been difficult to navigate. It was difficult for Coach Mendenhall to navigate, and it's been difficult for Kalani to navigate. One of the good things that I think he's done that needs to happen is he's come up with, with big wins against good logos, right? Think about some of the logos that he's beat, Wisconsin, USC, Tennessee, uh, Michigan State, some of these other ones that are Power 5 contenders. And granted, he's maybe caught them in years where they've dipped a little bit, but that doesn't matter. That's still a logo that you can put out up on the wall and tout. Um, And he's also had good performance of putting guys like, and you could argue whether or not these were Mendenhall's guys or whether they were Kalani's guys, but you know, uh, Jamal and Taysom, he had them for their senior year and the success that they're having in the NFL and Fred Warner and the success that he's having for the 49ers, and uh, Sione Takitaki was a, was a uh, Kalani guy, and you know he's getting a lot of pl- run and play as a rookie for the Browns. So all of those are, are things that you can recruit against. All of that on what's currently going on in the program, which is, look, and this is probably the biggest thing as a head coach to be able to sit in there. If you're the best player, you will play. Look how many freshmen and sophomores we play. These were guys. We don't just play you because you, your seniority or because you put in your time or because – you know, all of those extrinsic reasons. Bottom line, you can come in as a freshman. And I know at least this was really important for me, and I think it's important for most recruits, that you can come in and if you compete and you earn it and you earn that job, you will be on the field. And that's one thing that's been a staple of his program that I think also helps in recruiting um, as, you know, today's National Signing Day. Riley Nelson with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Riley, we saw that Joe Critchlow elected to transfer the other day, and BYU has three quarterbacks that are basically the same age and have all proven that they can win football games at this level. You think they'll lose another one of those guys to transfer? Uh, you know, it'll be interesting. I So 
whenever your situation is always tenuous, and I don't want to opine with limited knowledge on someone else's health status, but we do know that Jaron Hall uh, obviously suffered the concussion against South Florida, sits out again, comes back in the very next game, he comes back against Utah State and gets a concussion again. On And who knows when, the, when they actually happen. But if it happened on that touchdown run when he got hit head-to-head, I mean, that was – that was a pretty run-of-the-mill hit. In other words, what I'm saying is whenever you're that susceptible, um, you have to think about just – and look, some guys, it, it's just a DNA thing. It's not that he's not tough enough. It's not that he's not preparing or working his butt off. But, like, if, if your skull, if your brain is not <laughs> is not built to withstand the blows of college football, then that's the thing. And, and one of the nice things for Jaron Hall is, He's, you know, he's proven he's a dual sport athlete, and so he he has options there. So I don't. That's a big question mark. I, I'm I'm just completely speculating for you guys, but uh, but uh, you know, does Jaron even stick with football? If he if he doesn't, then if you're Baylor Romney, you are only one play away. And Zach had, you know, he had, he had that surgery at the end of last season. Obviously, broke his hand this season. And BYU's track record of keeping quarterbacks healthy the last decade has been absolutely abysmal, right? With um, only 2013, that was the only year when Taysom was started every single game, right? That was the only game in the 2010s where they've had one quarterback start every game of the season. So as a backup, you're one away. Now, if it's three of you in there, then it feels a little bit more crowded and, and guys are going to start evaluating their opportunities elsewhere. So I think a lot of it depends on, on what uh, Jaron Hall's health and future is, and then also just you know overall uh, overall um, satisfaction with the program. How happy are guys there, and do they think they'll be happy somewhere else? My perspective on that is it's grass is greener, uh, meaning that uh, the transfer it, they happen to work out for me, but uh, and, it, and it works out. Obviously, we saw in the Heisman, you know, Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow and Justin Fields. It, it obviously worked out for those guys. But uh, I think it's the select few for the vast majority of transfers. The grass isn't always green on the other side. So you have to, you have to measure what your true out opportunities are, truly how crowded it is, um, and then how good your opportunity might be elsewhere. But um, I would not be surprised if they transfer, but if they all stay at BYU in some form or fashion, uh, that wouldn't surprise me either. I kind of think it's a 50-50 shot. Uh, this might be a ticklish question for you, but if you were going to rank those guys based on your own uh, sort of measure of quarterbacks and effectiveness at that position, how would you rank them? Yeah, that uh, that's a question that's, that's hard for me to answer because their skill sets are pretty pretty varied. So Zach is Zach's your consummate. I think Zach, as you just watch him and just as a natural thrower of the football he's probably got he's probably got the most skills he's he's got the most consistent release at times he's shown to be the most accurate now the the Zach that we've seen uh coming back with the broken hand his release isn't quite the same and he was dealing with you know he's dealing with shoulder injuries and I and I went through some of those things and they're they're hard to overcome and and you are never quite the same as as you were before but he's a guy that uh has has come up uh with some special plays at time and he's and he's a extremely fierce competitor and so he has that with you Jaron I think is the most naturally gifted athletically just overall and and he's your biggest threat 
as far as the dual threat. I mean, he rushed for 140-something yards against South Florida, and if he doesn't get hurt in that game, BYU wins that game, right? This is, And then he comes back against Utah State in the first half, threw for two, 200 and rushed for another 50. So that's a guy who's proven he can be extremely effective both uh, in, in the air and on the ground. And then Baylor Romney, of, of all three of them, have shown that maybe he's not the most flashy or he doesn't wow you with any any of his physical traits. But, man, that dude, his, his decision-making, his, uh, his, from, from snap to release, his ability to process information, pre-snap, post-snap, and then deliver a ball accurately and on time within a system or within a play call, uh, that's probably where he has an edge over the previous two, right? So, so you've kind of got each one of those. And quite honestly, to rank them, it's hard to, for me to rank them empirically because I would have to take into account, okay, what is the game plan that we have installed for them and who are the personnel around them? You, obviously, Jaron Hall, to being able to do it with his legs and his arm is probably a guy. If you can't find that, you can find that guy on the edge and you feel like you don't have depth at running back, then he's probably your guy. If if uh, you feel like you got a strong running game and a really strong running back, then uh, then you know B- Baylor might be your guy that you can just plug in the system and he can be a facilitator. Or if you know you you feel like you're maybe having some struggles up front or you might be a little bit outmatched athletically, then you're going going to want to insert Zach out there because he's going to be a guy that's going to create things outside of the system and make up for some deficiencies in other areas. So uh, I kind of skirted around your answer, but uh, that's the one I'm sticking with. Well, Riley, we certainly appreciate you uh, you coming on. And, hey, I was excited to talk to you because I, I think that you and I both can identify with each other because we both do top-notch broadcasts with a couple of the biggest prima donnas in the business. So, you know, congratulations <laughs> on that. Yeah, I'm sure Greg's out there listening. I'll have to pay for that. Uh, I, I won't. I won't. Uh, I'll, I'll let you and Greg hash that out. But uh, I'm, I'm grateful to be part of, you know, to be able to do broadcast. It's been a great first year for me. I, I consider myself very fortunate. I, I hope I can do it for a long time. You know, I hope they invite me back last or next year. It's been a lot of fun for me, and uh, and it's good to be part of the media fraternity too. Thanks, Riley. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Have a good day. Bye. Riley Nelson, uh, color analyst for the BYU broadcast, as well as, of course, former BYU Cougar. What? What was that look for? Have a nice day. You can't be mad at me. I, I identify with the guy. You know, it's tough. It's not easy. It it's not easy so being tough. us, Gordon. It is so tough. Your life is so very difficult. It's Jake was talking about his jazz analysts that join him every night on game. Yeah, right. Oh. That's exactly what I was doing. And Austin actually made a made a really good point in in my ear. Why did Riley assume I was talking about Greg? I could have been talking about Mitchell Jurgens. Uh, that's, that's where a I would have gone. Point. I, I don't know Mitch incredibly well. Does he have a big ego? Is he a big prima donna? And should I have assumed you were talking about Austin? No, I was talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> Let me make one thing. Perfectly clear. I'll draw the. I'll draw the. I'm Gordon Moss. Right See, you guys say that, but you know that that's not uh, a prima donna. Push really, her. Gordon, you you had to stand sideways to get that noggin through the door. Oh, forget that. <laughs> you know that I am a humble man. Don't you know who I am? <laughs>
Oh man! Uh, See, thanks, guys, to Riley, for coming on. You guys portray with us. certain things certain ways, and it, 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 that's, it, it sort of builds this persona that is not accurate. Don't you know who I am? Not not accurate, huh? <laughs> not accurate, huh? Come on, Jake. Uh, yeah. Really? Mm. Uh, what? Yeah, what? I got feelings too. <laughs> yeah, you are a good sport. I'll tell you that. You 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 let us tease you, Gordon. And, and I have a nice car. Have to. So we appreciate that. All right, we're live. That drop has been in this system for a long time. What did I actually say that? I was producing at the time. so that I'm better be than you ago. at what you do for a living, and I've never done it before. Wow. When See, did you say that? I, I wasn't talking about me. I was, <laughs> I was parroting someone else when I oh said that, which goodness. is usually the case. 11457 Camden Road right here in Draper. That is where we are. We're hanging out with the good folks at Homie. We're at a Homie home today, and our friend Katie joins us once again. Hi, Katie. Hey, how are you guys? Hey, we are doing great. Uh, first of all, uh, this house is beautiful. As I would encourage any of our listeners, this is a great family home we're at today. Yeah, it's great family home. Got some awesome. There's an awesome movie room downstairs with a with a nice little kitchen in it, and um, lots of bedrooms. Great backyard. Great location. We haven't even been downstairs. I know. We'll have to go check it out. Yeah. And uh, if uh, meeting Gordon and grabbing some jazz gear weren't enough, uh, you can also get a cinnamon roll, yeah, which smells delicious. Rolls. We've got frost cinnamon rolls today. So they are delicious. I just had one. Uh, we talked earlier about uh, uh, selling a home. Let's talk about buying and how you can help our listeners if they're out there looking for a new one. Yeah, we have our um, awesome app. So just download the Homey app or go on our website and you can search for any any type of home you're looking for and narrow down your search and just hit request a tour and our agent will contact you and come and show you the house. And um, we rebate up to $5,000, um, which is awesome. Great great for a down payment um, and for closing costs. Man, that makes it a lot easier, yeah. doesn't it? Just yeah. to be able to peruse what's available and f figure one out and just contact you guys and you're on your way. Yeah, just the click of a button, it's great. Um, and our agents will, will come open the house for you and you get a dedicated agent to kind of show you the house. And if it's not the right house, they'll they'll keep sending you houses that might fit what you're looking for and they'll help you out throughout the whole process, which is great. And that's key, dedicated agent. You know, people like me hear technology and free out a little bit it's you guys have figured out a wonderful way to marry the technology with great customer service that folks get what they want yeah we have um cole and joanne here today and they'll they'll help show you through the house and um and there are some of your agents that could be showing you through the houses up here in salt lake area so very friendly very friendly very friendly both those people yeah they are well hey we appreciate you having us and jumping on thanks katie no problem all right uh you're welcome to come see us 11457 camden road david Locke will join the show at the top of the five o'clock hour we will talk a little utah jazz basketball coming up next it is the big show gordon monson jake scott 97.5 and 1280 the zone this is dj and pk Steve Cleveland. We always kind of thought Utah would beat at 15. So rather than panicking, it's like, they're kind of right where everybody thought they would be. Maybe not where everybody hoped they would be, but that's probably about where they belong in terms of talent and experience and all the things that go with it. So I don't think it's a major issue. I think by the end of the year, they're going to be probably fourth or fifth place. Their schedule softens a little bit in this next road trip, but I wouldn't make dramatic changes. If all of a sudden they're the seventh or eighth seed a month from now, then yeah, I think you do have to maybe make some changes. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
Big Show 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, thanks for making us a part of your day. We're hanging out with our friends at Homie at a Homie home. It's for sale. Come see us, 11457 Camden Road. We have jazz gear for you. And, of course, if you're buying or selling a home, find out how Homie can help you. Go to homie.com or simply uh, come on by and see us. Find about uh, find out about it in person. Aren't you seeing more and more Homie signs around? Oh, they're everywhere. Yeah. Oh, they are everywhere. You know what? You know what's funny? I was driving. I was driving through a neighborhood today, and I saw a house for sale. And the uh, the sign was just. It was almost like. Uh, what's the paper they use for like welcome home missionary signs? You know, like a is that crepe, <laughs> crepe paper? paper? Is that crepe paper? <laughs> it, it was a it was a crepe paper sign that said for sale had a name and then a phone number. And it was basically taped to the the porch outside. And I thought to myself, you know, this can be done better. You it's, know, <laughs> I, I, people who are doing that are trying to save money. But it seems like if they use Homie, they can save their money and have it done professionally. Why would you uh, Why would you sacrifice marketing in, yeah. in the effort to save money? And well, Homie gives you that uh, that platform. Well, I'm no expert, but in talking to various folks, you know, exposure is so important. People need to know your home is available yep. before they can really fall in love with it. All right, Gordon, we talked a lot about the jazz in the 3 o'clock hour, and we'll talk to David Locke at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. And, and we, we talked about some of the stuff that didn't go somewhat so well. We focused on the bench. We talked about how they blew that lead. But let's talk about what was really good, and that was about the final four minutes of that game last night. They were down seven. Donovan Mitchell gets aggressive, goes to the hoop, has what I think, and, and we could argue about this, I suppose, but I think it was his dunk of the year. I mean, it, 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 it was something well, else. Well, you could almost, you know, when he wound up, you could almost see it coming, you know? And then when you saw it coming, it was like Jack Buck when he watched, uh, what's his name's home run when the Dodgers won the World Series that year. Who was it? Kurt Gibson? I think so, yeah. I can't <laughs> believe what I just saw. And that's what I was thinking. And, I, 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 you know, when you see a play like that, you think, why doesn't he do that every time? <laughs> well, yeah. Just, if, if you're capable of Dunk on the whole team. <laughs> Why does he dunk on the whole team every time? If he, can, if he can do that that time, why can't he do that every time? And then afterward, he said he even surprised himself on that particular play. But anyway, that, that triggered it. And then, uh, you know, some big shots hit down the stretch. And, and the Magic started missing shots, Jake. And I don't know whether that was because of great defense. Quinn said the defense picked up. But they, they just couldn't hit the broad side of a barn at the end. And so it was just like a, a switcheroo and then another switcheroo. You know, the Jazz came on strong. Bogdanovich hit some shots and two 30-point scores. Not bad. If the Jazz have a couple of closers like that, they can win a lot of games. I, I think that was extremely important uh, about last night's game. Donovan led you to he, – he took the game over. He led you to a victory when the chips were down. It could have spiraled out of control. I mean, yeah. DJ Augustine, of all players, was taking over the game. Yeah, and he said, you know what? This isn't going to happen. In fact, uh, Ben Anderson uh, calculated it on the post game. He did the win probability. Um, 
And at the time before Donovan Mitchell hit that dunk, and let me give me a second, and I'll. They get were the, down seven. They were down seven, and I'll tell you exactly uh, exactly how much time they had left to go. Four minutes and thirty-one seconds when Donovan Mitchell hit that dunk. So before that, with four minutes and thirty seconds down by seven, Orlando's win probability was at eighty-eight percent. Was it really eighty-eight percent? Mm-hmm. And by the way, Orlando is not a bad basketball team. They're not. They're not a great basketball team, but they are far from an automatic win. They are not a bad basketball team. And Donovan said, "I know 88% what? I'm going to go out there. I'm going to motivate my team with this dunk. And then his team went out, made shots, and yes, tightened up on defense. I do think that when those five major players for the Jazz are on the floor at the same time, they're really good on both sides of the ball. Well, statistically, uh, looking at just the numbers, the, the win probability, you get, you get it that the odds were against the Jazz at that point. But I'm telling you, uh, it was worse than that. Yeah. Because the Jazz had the wind was out of their sails. They had had that big lead. What was their biggest lead? Do you remember? Eighteen. Okay, so they're up eighteen, and they should be cruising on their home floor against this team, and it fights back. And in that moment, when they fell behind by seven, it was like everybody in the building was looking around, going, "What's going on?" And it would have been so easy for the Jazz to capitulate. In that moment. And they did the exact opposite. They overcame. So they shouldn't have. Something needs to be done to prevent that kind of yielding of a lead. Uh, If you're up 18 and then next thing you know you're down 7, that should not be happening. But the Jazz, uh, you've got to give them huge credit for this stick-to-itiveness, this this determination led by Donovan Mitchell, as you said, as was – illustrated in that huge play and then he hit some other big shots as well it was it it was it must have been really weird for Quinn Snyder because on the one hand he his mind and you can just see his mind honing in on the the on the crappy stuff that was happening in the third quarter into the fourth quarter how could you not it was like a sledgehammer hitting you right between the eyes and then but then his team turns it on, and that has to be gratifying. So he's worried and gratified at the same time. Well, I think what worries him might be a fundamental flaw, and I don't know how much he can fix it. The bench? The bench. And he's going to fix it by, by doctoring the rotations. Which that, is what he was doing. Right. And then Mike Conley gets hurt again, and now you got to doctor it some more. Well, the hard part about Conley getting hurt again, and maybe you weren't in love with how Mike Conley was playing, but he was a a productive player that wasn't going to sink the ship, and now you've got you're down one of those guys. So right. I mean, in all honesty, the Jazz have a a six man rotation. Well, they've got a, a nine man rotation, but what they've really got is a six man rotation. How and many how many minutes did Ingles end up playing last? Thirty seven. In fact, he Bogdanovich and Gobert all played thirty seven minutes, and Donovan and Royce played thirty five. So they played okay. a lot. So this brings up the question that I teased a half hour ago: Is this sustainable? Can the Jazz get by like this? Can they get by with Joe Ingles having to start and bolster the bench? Same thing with Donovan Mitchell; his minutes being staggered and him being have, having to be spread out like that. Is this something that they can do? At least until Conley gets back, and 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 maybe beyond because of the. The, the rather obvious flaws in the bench. Well, yes, because they're not playing a very strong schedule for the, uh, the next month or so. So that's, I mean, that's really fortuitous timing. So will they but, get... but is it sustainable even against 
modified competition. Well, they're not going to go undefeated throughout well, the Well, you know game. what I mean, playing the way that uh, we sort of expect them to. I, I think they're going to beat teams like Atlanta. I think they should beat a team like Charlotte, and I think they're going to lose to a team like Miami. So, you know, I would pick them to beat a team like Miami if they had all their pieces and, and where everybody was playing on the same page, but I think we have yet to see that this year. So oh, Miami's good, man. They, Miami's uh, really good, uh, really good. So, I mean, that, well, we thought the Jazz were going to be really good, too. But it's interesting, though, Jake. Do you think this helps or hurts in the long run? Is this stretch where you're having to deal with certain deficiencies and injury and you're having to spin that lineup around a little bit, is this something that will ultimately in April help the Jazz win games going through this adversity? Will it make it stronger? Make them stronger? Um, maybe. I mean, if you want to look at look at it optimistically, I got it. You know, you've, you're going to have to have some guys raise their game up and, and get better uh, in order to get by. But but what Mike Conley needs is to be playing with the Dern team. Right. He needs to be getting used to what his role is going to be and how to react off uh, off Joe Ingles and Rudy Gobert, especially Rudy Gobert. He needs to be playing. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we could look at it and say, well. You know, they're learning to play without him, so when he gets back, they'll be even better. And I get that. I'm not discounting that opinion. But I think what he really needs is to play next to Donovan Mitchell and to play next to Rudy Gobert and Royce O'Neal and, and, and Boyan Bogdanovich. I mean, he needs, to, he needs to get minutes out on the floor with those guys to fix what they need to fix. And in the meantime, they can't start pressing, you know, because that's just made, sometimes the harder you try, the worse you get. Yep. And I'm not saying they don't need to play hard and whatnot, but they can't let it get in their minds where they just freak out and uh, are expecting to suddenly drop a 10-point margin. All right, come join the zone in ARUP Monday. That's December 23rd from 10 to 3 at ARUP, 9786 South, 500 West. Come save a life and donate some blood. It only takes 30 minutes, and you'll receive a Megaplex gift card, popcorn voucher, and free jazz gear. We're uh, live uh, hanging out with our friends at Homie at a Homie Home, 114, uh, excuse me, 11457 Camden Road, right here in Draper. Not Sports Report is next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Jay Hill, head coach at Weber State Football. What are your lasting thoughts about the quarterfinals? We did exactly what I told you the game was going to come down to. Us taking care of the football and then us playing great defense. And we did both those things. What a fun game it was. Back and forth and two good teams. It was is that he actually drew up that play and told you to go out there and block that punt. Well, that was good advice, though, huh? Yeah. yeah. Just, hey, just let's go block this one for a touchdown. Right. That will help us win. Thought it would help our offense and <laughs> Lo and behold, 17-10. It, it did. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Check this out. And now your not sports report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Get a haircut and get a real job. Get a Big show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We're hanging out at a homey home. You're welcome to drop by and see us. 11457 Camden Road right here in Draper. It's time for the Not Sports Report brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. 
Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online, lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? We're going to Riverside, California. I see. California. Have you ever been to Riverside? I don't know. Probably. All right. Uh, it's not a garden spot. But, I mean, if it's home, it's home. Okay. A lot of good athletes have uh, come from Right Riverside. off the 1202, huh? But anyway, <laughs> anyway, this is one of those stories that's just, how does this happen? All right? How does this freaking happen? Jake, a thief went into a Vons grocery store. And those of you from Southern California, you're very familiar with Vons. It's a well-known grocery chain down there. Thanks Which freeway do you take to get to Vons? And, well, they're all over the place. Oh. You could take any one of the The five, you maybe? Take 210, you could take the 405, you, take the you five. You could have just take, left it at, it's a grocery the, store. Okay, so it's a grocery store. So a thief went into a grocery store three different times, three different times to steal some items. What items did he choose to steal? He went straight to the frozen foods and stuffed 30 bags of shrimp into his pants. <laughs> Three different times? Three different, ten bags a time. <laughs> and then just walked and out? Stuffed them in his pants and walked out. Uh, okay, I got a couple questions here. First of all, what do you need 30 bags of shrimp for? Is he throwing a party? It's, a, it's the holidays. <laughs> Having folks over. 30 bags? <laughs> the in-laws are coming in this weekend. you got to have shrimp cocktail for everybody. I don't know. I mean, that's my first thought. I mean, 30 okay. bags, that seems like a lot. So, the uh, second. What's he doing? I mean, how do you fit 10 bags of shrimp in your pants? Maybe he had, like, hammer pants on. Remember those? <laughs> those big parachute pants yeah. things? Yeah, maybe he had some I know, but on. wouldn't that be, if you got bags in your pants, isn't it kind of, uh, don't you have the sort of, <laughs> Isn't that evidenced? I don't know. Obviously, they caught him eventually. No, they didn't. He's on the loose. <laughs> He's on the run. So here's my second question. Uh, if you're an employee at the Vons, how do you not notice a guy coming back three times, coming to the shrimp section, <laughs> and, then, and then just plowing these into his pants? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Gordon. I just, just security, is, security, not what, uh, not what they're looking for. I guess. Well, apparently they have the police, the Riverside police have posted video of the perp uh, as he was uh, Let me see putting. And these bags are frozen it, shrimp. Let me guess. It looks like me. me. I bet it does. I bet it looks just like Austin. Let me see. Okay, I just pull. I just. Hit the the go button on it, but our our hotspot is moving pretty slow. The the shrimp bandit, huh? I mean, frozen shrimp. Of all the things you're going to steal, you go for the frozen shrimp. When when uh, next time you go into shoplift at a grocery store, what uh, what do you head what do you head for first? The uh, marbled meats. Depends on what I'm there for. What do you mean what you're there for? I'm mean, like if you could steal anything in the grocery oh, store. Oh, steal? Yeah, what's the first thing you're oh, going well, for? Oh, you well, know, I learned this by Some watching sort of cheese. I watch no, I learned this by watching uh supermarket sweepstakes when I was a kid. Way back in the day. Do you remember that game show? Do they have anything like that now? No. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. It's they called have Amazon. Contestants 
they have a they have contestants who get a shopping cart and then they fly through the uh, up and down the aisles and they load as much in a short period of time as they can into that grocery cart and then whoever's value was the greatest they get to you know the win the prize or keep the keep the whatever they they put in there but see there's this is what you do you go straight to the meat department. Because the, the meat is more valuable than anything else. You go to the canned goods and just put your hand through there and throw all the cans in there. That's not going to be as valuable as if, when you go for the, you know, the steaks. Yeah, but are, are you going to be shoving steaks down your pants? Because that sounds, <laughs> sounds a little more, you know, cumbersome. Well, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I don't have that much room in my britches, you know. But, See, but you could get a nice wedge of cheddar down there. <laughs> <laughs> and you love cheese. I'd say something, but I better not, really. What? <laughs> oh, don't ask. <laughs> Should I say this and then Austin can dump no. it? No. No. That's Put it on me. Idea. <laughs> that's probably not a good idea at all. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to put it, I'm not gonna put any you know, steaks or any kind of meat in my pants. <laughs> Such a juvenile. Six you know, for somebody old. that we we tease uh, for being older than us, you 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 really are like eight. <laughs> I got enough. Not that old. You really are like eight. I don't eight need years any old. more meat in my pants. Oh, stop it! <laughs> stop it right now. We have company. <laughs> well, one thing I'm not going to sh- stuff in my pants is shrimp. All right. Good. <laughs> All right, David Locke is going to join the show coming up next. Uh, we are live at a homey home. Uh, check out what they can do for you at homey.com. You're welcome to come see us as well, 11457 Camden Road. And Katie joins us once again. And, Katie, I feel like I should start this off by just saying I'm sorry. I'm not sure that I should follow that. I don't think you should either. There's really no natural transition no, to that no, either. So there's just nowhere to go. I, I think we better leave with an apology and then see if we can't build it up from there. Uh, but no, you guys are great for having us out here. And and uh, one thing uh, we we probably don't talk about enough is just the great people that you have working for Homie and the great group. Not only are you doing things differently, but you're you're doing it with a, a, a crew of folks that that really have the right intentions. Yeah, we have some amazing people working with Homie. Um, I I really feel like this is my family. Like I have my family who I love. But I I love coming to work, and I love that I can say I love coming to work. I commute from Ogden, and I come up here, and I love it. I just love being around all these people. We have some incredible agents that will take you around tours. They'll help you list your home. We've got um, incredible loan officers that will help you. We've got incredible insurance um, you know, people that will help you and save you money in the process. And it's really like you're with family. It's a lot of fun. What's your favorite part? What's the what, If you were going to say whittle it down to one thing that is uh, the great selling point, what would you say? We've got your back. I mean, that's our, that's our slogan. But we really, we really do have your back. Um, we are out there to just help everyone in the process, whether you're the seller, the buyer, um, just looking to refinance your home. We can do refinancing. Um, if you're just looking for you know, a cheaper insurance plan, we can help you with that with homeowner's insurance and with car insurance. Um, so we've got your back. We're, we're here to help you. We're here to answer all your questions. We're here to walk you through the process and to save you money along the way. And, and the cool part is, um, you, you know, whether you're buying or selling like a, like a starter home or a beautiful family home uh, like we're in right now or, or the Monson Palatial Estate, you, you – st- 
Not even a laugh. I mean, come on. Uh, no, but you stand to benefit and save a lot of money. Yeah, you do. Yep. All right. Check out homie.com. That's homie.com. See, you've got to at least laugh because that gives everybody else permission to laugh. He, I thought that was funny. I thought that was funny. And you're over there with just a scowl. Oh, no, not at all. I was thinking about if I ever sell my house, I'm going to call homie. Good, good, good job, Gordon. Way to my go. palace. Yeah, his palace with a new deck. <laughs> with a new deck. That's Katie right. Listens. Yeah. Uh, That's thank you, right. Katie. You rock. All right, we'll talk to David Locke coming up next. 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. They've got huge auctions in Meridian. Right on the edge of Boise, they do some really big auctions. Not the storage auctions, but, oh. but sightseeing Oh, auctions. yeah, yeah. Because honestly, you go to one of those storage unit places up in Idaho, and it's just like, oh, yeah, you don't want that. All right, this meth lab goes for $100. I don't understand all these bottles of iodine. Wow. Yeah. You're going deep. I had a girlfriend that was arrested and put in prison for a long time. Um, so. Wait a minute. No, you Wait know that. <laughs> I know it. Uh, my first kiss went to prison for 30-some-odd years for it's true. a very large meth lab. Yeah, that's kind of a rough first kiss. This kiss, this kiss, unstoppable. This kiss, this kiss. Catch and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.